Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Well, music has always been a big part of my life, and I think it always will be. And if acting becomes a big part of it, as long as one thing doesn't take away from the other, uh, I'll be happy. As long as I'm happy doing the projects that I'm doing, you can't really think too much about it, and I just kind of do it. This is The Vault by Access Hollywood. We're taking you on an epic journey into the heart of Hollywood with iconic interviews and fascinating conversations from the biggest stars in the business. The Vault opens now. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Zuri Hall. I'm Scott Evans. And this is The Vault by Access Hollywood. Scott, I am so excited. Are you, you know why. Are you? Are it's you kidding? Friday. It is not right. Friday, but it feels like a Friday. It feels like a party. Be Exactly. It is a party because the one and only Justin Timberlake uh -oh. is being celebrated today on the podcast. And this is, this. I think it's safe to say, was my first true love. And yeah, I'm going there. You Senor know, normally- Timberlake was your first true love? I am literally sitting across from my boyfriend as I tape this. He's, Ooh. we have a joint- He just perked up. He was like, hold up. No, first that's I've just heard. how much first he has accepted this reality. He's just like, here she goes about this man. This man, here she goes. I mean, sorry to this man. This man. <laughs> I'm sorry to this man. This man being Sean Cook. And I love <laughs> He's so over me. Scott, I'm really excited because in all seriousness, I've been a fan of Justin's for a long time from the NSYNC days. I don't know if you were into the boy bands at all. Were you an NSYNC versus Backstreet kind of guy? Okay, here's what I can say to you in full, in my truth. Okay, you speak your truth. I'm going to speak, speak it. it. I'm going to stand in my truth. This is a safe and, space. Uh, and is this, a, it, allow me to take up my own space. <laughs> take okay? up your space. <laughs> Creating sacred space for me <laughs> and my truth. Here I am. This truth better I, not have any Timberlake slander. We won't stand for it. <laughs> Speak your truth as long as it don't step on mine. How about that? <laughs> How about that? Uh, catch me outside. Okay, listen. I could not tell you one Backstreet Boys song. I couldn't tell you a core. I couldn't, you could, you could start singing their most popular song Quit right now. Playing games with my heart. Uh, no. Mm. I, first of all, nope. forget Backstreet. And I say that lovingly. This is an NSYNC and Justin Timberlake stand account today. Well, okay? what That's I came to tell you was <laughs> that I could give you no strings attached choreo hey! as we speak. I could give you 
probably at least two full numbers with stage direction, audience inclusion. Of course. Me and my friend Mariah McKiernan Allen, we would perform the dances at parties. Oh my God, you were those people? Yes, we had matching outfits. <laughs> were you the puppet and was she holding the strings? Uh, hold up. Or was it vice versa? Hold up. <laughs> Listen, could give you all of it. When, back when, in a simpler time, in mm-hmm. sync, they would give it to you. Yeah, they, would give they it really to you. would. They Listen, really would. If, if you and as far as I was concerned, when it came to like pop bands, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it was only in sync. I'm gonna just be real. Ooh, that's a big one. That's a big pop, statement. Pop. I'm inclined to back you up. Boy on bands. It, it was. Mm-hmm. A, I wasn't. Backstreet Boys yeah. missed me. Oh, see, I appreciated Backstreet for who they Missed were, me. but NSYNC held the crown. Mm-mm. What was the one with L- Nick Lachey, 98 Degrees? Don't you play Nick, though. They That's had maybe one. Homie. They had they one. Had, um, I love him. I love him. They had one or two, but uh, I, it was not, it was, they would, okay, and keep it on, keep it back right. to NSYNC. When 98 Degrees had, had a couple hits. Not taking anything away from their truth. <laughs> <laughs> These truths. It's so much truth. There's enough space for all this truth. <laughs> um, <I> Rarely is. <laughs> <laughs> this NSYNC tangent is exactly what I needed. But before we dive deep into his NSYNC days, it's important to know, obviously, we know him. Uh, we love him. He's a singer. He's a songwriter. He's an actor. He's a producer. He's sold over 32 million albums and 56 million singles, which is just crazy globally throughout his solo career good lord that's not even adding the NSYNC numbers justin is the recipient of 10 grammy awards four emmys three brit awards and nine billboard music awards and the obvious uh one of the members one of the lead singers of one of the best-selling boy bands of all time time. NSYNC is justin timberlake baby let's go what's interesting about you talking about the the album sales that he had after leaving NSYNC or after NSYNC kind of um, uh, ended when you, if you talk to Lance Bass, like the Mm -hmm. breakdown of how they ended up with hardly no funds from some Mm. of those albums, from some of that, from that work based on um, shady management, like it's un to, to know that you are one of the, the top selling acts of all time. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we like, well, wait, where the money at? Exactly, which was the same thing they was asking, apparently. Exactly. And it was so wild about that is we hear this so often, right? Mm -hmm. You've heard TLC say the same things. NSYNC apparently has gone through it. So many bands are like, we were young, we were hungry, Mm -hmm. we were desperate to make it. You sign on that dotted line very often with no questions asked. Let's bring up some of these clips, right? Because you you think about best selling one of the best selling bands of all time but NSync was also one of the mainstream artists that's been credited with bringing that pop explosion of the 90s right you also had yep. uh Britney Spears Christina Aguilera Backstreet Boys of course who were part of this 90s pop scene mm-hmm. and that really seemed to last the whole stretch of that thing from 95 right. to 2002 i mean NSync was everywhere. So Access actually sat down with Justin in 2000 to talk about his success uh, and the music landscape, how he saw things kind of going, where he wanted to be, and how he was actually uh, working to stay motivated. Listen to this. 
I want to talk first about how there's been room for everybody in this explosion, from our guy Fred Durst and Limp Bizkit yeah, yeah. to you guys and boy bands and big bands, it's, little bands. It's funny how everything has has come together. You know, you're seeing a, a total melting pot of, of all different types of music. And I said this, you know, like a year and a half ago, I said this was going to happen. I was like, you're going to see every different style of music go and start everything. It, pop is what's popular. Mm -hmm. That's what people don't understand. And I can't. Like, it's it's kind of weird for us. We're not we're categorized boy band. It's like a style of music now. Like that's stupid. Yeah, <laughs> you know, no, it's, it's I mean we're guys and we're in a we're in a group. We're in a vocal group, but that's not a style of music. You know, pop is the is the style that we do, and it's R and B pop. It's got rhythm. You know, it's got like the harmony sound to it. But yeah, I mean, like you said, you see Eminem and you see of course Limp Bizkit and and you know, I mean Lone Star and Creed and and corn, and corn, and and, mm. and um, Dr. Dre. You see all these different styles of music in on Billboard, and um, I think it's I think it's cool for for music, and I think you know, it's it's gonna, it's definitely revolutionizing you know what, what's gonna happen with with music. How do you stay so focused? I mean, you got good people around you, I know that, but what about you? Um, I just always you know that's just the. You know, I grew up looking up to Michael Jordan, really, and he helped me a lot. Um, it's funny, man, how that was that was like my role model. You know, growing helped up, helped you what way, how to handle just, everything. Just showed me what determination really was, and I, you know, and that's what's helped me along the way. And that's why I kind of look at him in, in my field. I kind of, I guess, I guess I want to be kind of like the Michael Jordan of of my field. So um, that that's just the way I look at it. And my, you know, my parents have always said. If you're not going to do it all the way, then just don't do it at all. So, hmm. Am I the only person who thinks he sounds like Justin Bieber? <laughs> no, just me. He's very young. He's very young. <laughs> he was 19-ish, yeah. He was just giving me Bieber energy. Not in a bad way. He just sounded like Bieber. Um, he well, was extremely confident. Extremely confident. Which, I mean... I, you think about how hyped he would have been by the year 2000, right? right? How successful the band would have been, mm -hmm. how um, he, he would have been at this point working toward uh, um, his own success, his singular so, uh, or solo yeah. success, right? There would have been mm -hmm. some efforts in, in making that a reality. He'd been Mickey Mouse clubbing since he was like six. Exactly. So I mean, he, he's he, not new to this. He'd been doing this been doing mm -hmm. this it's also interesting to hear artists talk about being in the pop music category and mm -hmm. being upset that they're in the pop music category almost like but it's just it's just popular music well it also it's describes the kind of music the that is, yeah. right it's a, it's exactly. a vibe like why are you mad we like your music like, <laughs> we ain't doing it to you you did this to us you did this apologize <laughs> <laughs> you should be sorry <laughs> apologize <laughs> it was interesting to hear him uh kind of break down which honestly i hadn't ever really thought about in that way the fact that boy band is not a genre it's, it's, it's there just, are five boys in the band, in the band. yes but yeah that's <laughs> a not a group. musical style <laughs> yeah but I, I liked hearing his take on that though it's it's also i think interesting to hear him talking about his parents who are saying to him if you're not going to go all the way with something if you're not going to give it everything you've got he talked about mm -hmm. wanting to be the michael jordan of the music industry of this thing that he was doing, it was like, well, what's the point? If I'm not gonna be the greatest, if I'm not gonna 
give it the greatest yep. kind of energy, what, then I should find something else I really want to mm. do. Mm-hmm. I love that. But that at such an early age, having that understanding, that mindset, that conditioning clearly um, shows why he's gotten as far as he's gotten and why he has the staying power that he has, because it is very rare that you see even the lead singer of some of these these bands that were at one point the biggest in the world mm -hmm. sustain that not just immediately post band era but for years and years and years after like justin timberlake is still making great music he's still selling he's still performing i mean when was his second halftime performance just a couple at, years ago at the super bowl the one where he uh tried to play us and didn't give us the full in-sync reunion that we wanted yeah remember he let him pop in minnesota for 13 seconds he was like all right go back yeah go back, go back. In minnesota, <laughs> yeah that was that was minnesota uh, uh yeah. super bowl because mm -hmm. he did a tribute to prince mm -hmm. um where he lit up the whole city in purple light yeah. Um, during That's that performance. Right. Remember? And that yeah. was his man at man of the woods era. Man of the woods man, era. Man of the woods. Yeah. And I think one of the things that uh, really benefited Justin Timberlake at, at the beginning of his uh, solo career was his tap into um, R&B, the R&B sound, his tap mm -hmm. into um R&B melodies, right? Mm -hmm. His mm -hmm. understanding of that rhythm and blues, you know, coming from uh, Tennessee, coming from, you know, a, a more Southern sound, a more soulful mm -hmm. sound that really resonated coming out of this guy who was like, oh, and I can sideways moonwalk. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I, I think that was one of the things that really, because when he left that the boy band sound that mm -hmm. that pop sound he did a really sharp turn in that that um first single with Pharrell that dun 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 like it's you could play that today right and it's still, still I just wanna love you baby ooh okay falsetto that song cry me a river right like that was very moody R&B vibes. It, it makes a lot of sense to me then. You know, we talked about this in the Justin Bieber episode mm -hmm. about, um, not the bidding war, but, but yeah, kind of. Yeah, fight. between Usher, yeah, between Usher and Timberlake um, to, you know, groom this young artist and Justin Bieber and be the one to sign him and kind mm -hmm. of help guide his career. And obviously Usher ended up winning out. But you can see now how Timberlake would have seen a lot of himself mm -hmm. in that younger Bieber because Justin also, Justin Bieber also has a lot of that influence where he is very much inspired by rhythm and blues, soul, and is very vocal about it right. too, about how it inspires him and shapes his music. Not every white dude can pull off cornrows straight to the back. I forgot about those. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm not going to say that Justin just... pulled them off, but I'm saying right, there was I a, was gonna be like, it was an effort you... that was made. The, the attempt was had. Yeah. You know, that Tiger Heat magazine had people no, in. First of all, it was Tiger Beat, sir. Damn, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That'll do those, it. Those were my jams, like Tiger Beat, J14, Remember That Magazine, but all of those, like Teen Bop, I think Teen Bop was the name of another magazine. And then became the Kids Bop, the the CD you can listen to in the car without no. having your kids cuss at you. Right, right, right. Probably. No, actually, I think that was a complete reach, and that is not Have you heard? <laughs> Wait, Google, Google uh -huh. the Kids uh -huh. Bop version of okay. WAP by Cardi B. Why and did they even make that? 
they did not, it. They did it. I'm just oh, I was about to be like, oh, what petition do I need to sign? Because WAP is my jam, but what I, we don't need. And I said, <laughs> could you imagine them little kids? Seven days a week. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. We need an ad break. Can we just take a commercial break? I need Let's to do it. We got to come back. We'll, we'll go to the break. We'll be back after this. We are back. We have gathered Ooh, ourselves. Have from- calm down, cool down. <laughs> you settled? I don't know about settled, but it's yeah, okay. We're getting there. We're getting I'm a, there. You do you can you take the next couple clips? Okay, please? I got you. I got you. I got you. Um, I have a question for you though. Uh-oh. So I'm gonna need I'm gonna need you here. Okay. When I say Justin Timberlake, what do you automatically think of? Is it in sync Justin, solo Justin, or actor Justin? Ooh, okay. I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna be can I be 100 percent honest with you? 100 is all we do. I just saw Palmer on Apple TV Plus. Okay, yeah. His latest movie. Right. Um, and I was moved. Really? I think he did a tremendous job oh. that was um, maybe overlooked mm-hmm. by some circumstances that could not be avoided. You know what I mean? Right. Um, right. You know, the, the, the conservatorship, the Free Britney movement, the release of the documentary on uh, the New York Times documentary on her conservatorship. I think there were some unfortunate timing things for that project, because I think the, yeah. the people who made considerable efforts to make that happen and to bring that story to the masses, it's a tremendous story. So I right now think of the actor, Justin. Do you? Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. I don't. I say that. <laughs> I say that Facebook? with all respect. <laughs> I think of overwhelmingly I think of solo Justin right because at this point his solo career has um gone longer than his years as an active member of NSYNC true but but as someone who was a diehard NSYNC fan and that was my introduction to him and to the other guys and their music like NSYNC is always gonna be the pinnacle that thing yeah that's the and not pinnacle in a way of like i don't want to discredit all that he's accomplished because he really is killing it and i've been a huge fan of his solo work and i still am mm-hmm. but in sync and, and the fact that he was leading that group him and then like also jc shazay to a certain extent at a time that was really a pop culture moment like a, a pop yeah. culture phenomenon the the that frosted me, tips ringlet curls yeah, yeah never forget when he had that like curly fro thing with the um yep, the stuff. blonde tips yeah with the st- you said stuff. stuff i showed him stuff a picture of that things. he was like yeah. man are you gonna do this every time i says every time i see you i'm gonna show you the exact same from the same week yeah different outfits it was a he was like god i liked it why didn't anybody tell me i said i think that we did i think we did try to tell you you weren't listening they were gassing him up i was probably gassing him up oh my god you so fine oh my god look at his squirrels um so yes a hybrid of in sync and solo singer justin is what i automatically think of mm. and in 2003 a lot of people were still stuck on in sync justin we all know obviously in sync disbanded back in 2002 which oh my god that was almost 20 years ago wow wow yeah. wow yeah yeah they went their separate yeah. ways mm-hmm. and almost immediately after the group went on hiatus justin was boom, like full-on solo mode yep. just like i had two back. albums ready 
We're locked and loaded. You hear me? Yeah. And, and they went hard too. They banged. He wanted to get out there. He wanted to show a new version of himself to the world. I mean, think about this. NSYNC's last tour concluded in April of 2002. Mm-hmm. In August of 2002, he performed as a solo artist at the VMAs and released his first solo single that you were talking about, Like yeah. I Love You. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that is a quick turnaround. I mean, it goes. That that justified really album was yep. tough. Came out November of the Pharrell year. all over it. Timbaland all over it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got how many Grammys? How many Grammys did we get? It, I know they received uh, best pop vocal album and best male pop vocal performance. I don't know if there were others, but at least two. Hell, two as your first I mean, solo debut. Yeah. I'll take it. I'll take one. I take a. A check. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he was getting all, he was getting the checks. He was getting the Grammys. He was getting the acclaim. Uh, That debut album, Justified, like I mentioned, it it dropped in November of that same year that the band broke up. And Access actually sat down with Justin the following year, 2003, to talk about all of his success and how glad he was that he was able to break the boy band mold and that the album had been received so well by his fans and critics. Listen to this. I just, I definitely have a sense of relief and I'm thankful that, I'm thankful that everything was orchestrated, you know, the right way as far as uh, the record company getting the records to, to, you know, a different kind of crowd. And, um, uh, you know, for the most part, I just, you, you know, when I went in the studio to do this record, I just said, I just have to do something that feels honest. And, uh, and that's what I did. And I, ha- I have to give credit to the record company, uh, to my record company, Ja, for, for getting, uh, for getting the records to different places and, and, and breaking the mold of how they, you know, kind of promote the records. And, and um, so I think, uh, I think the records got to the right people and, and uh, I'm thankful that people liked it. You know, I went back to the album and the fact that you made it. You made it, you cleared it, all the media speculation, everything, you did it, all right. the music. Um, it was tough, but we got here. Yes. There were some dissenters though, obviously like this guy can't make it. He's you know, there's some dissenters out there saying this guy's part of NSYNC, he isn't going to make it. Mostly guys, probably the El Machismo's. Right. Do you feel a sweet vindication? Um, I mean, I, you know, I, I never really, I never really thought about it so much. I was just happy to be able to do my own record and happy to, to be able to do, you know, what the music that I enjoy. Hmm. He is the only member of that band that was able to go on to exceed the success of the band itself, right? Right. And right. I, I don't, I don't want to take anything away from Lance um, and Joey in particular, people that I have worked with, mm-hmm. interviewed, developed, you know, a rapport with. Um, they are incredible performers. Uh, and creators, right, uh, in, in their own right. And shout out to now. Chris Kirkpatrick and J.C. Shazay. I've never met either one of them. <laughs> I haven't either, but still. <laughs> I, I just, you know. Just, the other two hanging. No, I mean, you know, they they cool. They, they know. J.C., well, because, and that was, I remember when it happened, um, when the band broke up, and Justin, and can we fact check this? I kind of really want to know when J.C. dropped his album because do you remember that justin and jc uh dropped solo albums within a very short amount of time um back to back and it made justin's success i think made it all the more difficult for 
um, someone like JC, maybe unfairly even, to step out of that shadow because it's almost like, and you see this often with with um, groups, if that the maybe the second lead singer or the backup to the lead had just been a solo artist, period, or had never been associated with said lead singer, right? You would never have to live in that shadow and would probably just make a name in your own right. But because your talent stood alongside someone else's for so long, mm-hmm. the public just can't shake it, they can't let it go. I cannot imagine how frustrating that must be. And uh, to be clear, so JC Shazay, his album Schizophrenic came out at the start of 2004. So about a year after Justin's first solo album. But shoot, Justin was locked and loaded because he right. he came out with, was it Future Sex, Sex Love, Love Sounds? Sounds? Not and too long after that. the success and of so the first one. What lets you know, what lets you know, is like, and this is pure speculation, but I would imagine that, you know, you're both working on albums around the same time. Justin comes mm-hmm. out first and you're like, hold up. <laughs> Let me give you some time. We about to... Nah, we about to. I gotta go. I need two more cuts. We don't need to get. I need another. Can you call call Pharrell and see if he got another song? We gonna have to uh, come with a little bit more heat. Right, right, right. Um, I I like JC's album, but I mean, Justified certainly set Justin up for the solo career he has now. mm -hmm. Billboard in 2018, right? So this is just a few years ago. In retrospect, which to me gives it more weight said the album and i quote may possibly be the most iconic debut album from a former band member in pop music history describing it as a bona fide success that foreshadowed timberlake's superstardom to come and at the same time a declaration of independence from his poppier beginnings if you can look back 15 years after an album dropped and billboard's like yeah nah he still got that he's the one out so, of all the people what do you think of and this is a total left turn, but what do you think of the current measure, the current perception of Justin Timberlake, you know, in pop culture Mm. as not only a fan, but also as a person Mm -hmm. who covers entertainment, you know what I mean? You are aware of Mm -hmm. things that, um, this feels like a no, I don't, I don't, but I'm going to speak truthfully. (laughs) I don't, I don't want it to be, I don't want it to be. And if, if it, if, if, if it if it does, I will go first, and you don't have to go. But the, no, it it does seem to me it does seem to me to be a little odd to have this conversation mm-hmm. about our honest appreciation for his artistry, mm-hmm. while omitting the glaring, the elephant in the room, so to speak, of what is currently happening in this mm-hmm. artist's life. You know what I mean? The, I think the last time we heard from Justin Timberlake beyond the kind of announcement of his family's beautiful a new edition um, right. was an apology to not only Britney Spears, but also mm-hmm. Janet Jackson, right? Right, yeah. And so I, I just wonder what your thoughts are. And I'm, I'm not saying that they're gonna be totally encapsulated in this brief conversation about Justin Timberlake, mm-hmm. but it does seem to me to be irresponsible for us to have this conversation without No, having. absolutely. And I would, I would expect nothing less because it is so much a part of the conversation around him and his artistry right now. Um, so now certainly feels like the, the time to do that. I mean, look, when, when we look at 
the industry as a whole right now, mm-hmm. um, there is a reckoning. There, there is a reckoning happening in real time across the board, and no one is being spared, nor should they be. Mm-hmm. And that is not to advocate for cancel culture. That is not a thing I, that I um, believe in or support. Um, but you should not be spared from being held accountable and being afforded the opportunity in many situations learn to apologize, to own up to mistakes once Mm -hmm. you know you've made them, and to be better. And this is that moment for him. This is um, an opportunity that I hope he will rise to. There's certainly more that could be done or said publicly. Um, That apology, you know, in light of uh, the the Free Britney movement um, was a step in the right direction, a first step of Mm -hmm. many in the right direction. You know, we think about that that first Super Bowl halftime performance. And I I thought about it even when we talked about it a little earlier in the podcast, talking about his second halftime performance. But look, there was a white um, cisgender male on the stage and there was Janet Jackson. There was this black woman whose body was quite literally bared publicly. And yet she, she was put up on that cross and he went on to see a a lot of success immediately after. And she really became the scapegoat for that moment. Um, when at the very least two parties were involved, him and her on the stage, we all saw it. And yet he did not seem to incur any of that backlash. And then to think about, you know, the over-sexualization, the hyper-sexualization of these young girls in pop culture, the Britney Spears of the world, the Jessica Simpsons, the Christina Aguilera's back in the day, um, and him now being held accountable for the role that he may have played in um, not particularly the the hyper-sexualization, I don't mean that part, but in the exploitation mm. of... Um, a young woman, specifically Britney Spears, you know, obviously they had a very public relationship. They had a very public breakup. Um, Britney was the one who it seemed when it came to public opinion was being persecuted mm-hmm. immediately after blamed that. Um, yeah, blamed. Uh, you know, we recently had Liz Day on the podcast talking about um, that time for Britney. And I remember being like, what? When she actually gave us a little extra nugget that I think made the cutting room floor for her documentary, but that, you know, there was a moment where Justin Timberlake even looked to camera and was like, you know, basically, and I'm paraphrasing here, lay off the booze and the bills and whatever, you know who you are, but it, it, that feels very much like kicking someone while they're down. Um, and he's being held accountable for that. Britney fans, fans in general Mm -hmm. are saying, yo, even his back at this. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. When I say fans, I mean, Mm -hmm. even his are like, we need, we need explanation. We need apology. We need, um, we need growth. And I think he feels that that pressure and that's where the apology came from but i would like to see honestly i'll ask you that question because i'm not entirely sure you know i've talked about this recently i was i was a guest on a podcast where we were talking about the bachelor stuff mm-hmm. and you know this great reckoning and what do we want what do we want to see from people who are being held accountable now what do i do moving forward to let you know that I regret what I did in the past and I'm different. And so I'm curious to know, what does that look like for you Mm -hmm. in regards to Justin Timberlake? Well, so it's interesting because I remember reading the whole statement before going into the show that day. I had actually been talking about some things with some people in his camp before the Britney documentary had even come out. And being a fan, being someone who respects his music, Uh, and his artistry, what he does as an artist, I have felt there has been this 
hole that needed to be addressed, right? That there was this space with his fans and people who were fans of him, maybe who were no longer fans, that was still not being um, effectively addressed. And so, you know, it is always interesting to me the moments that call us forward. You know, I don't discredit the fact that there might have been pressure due to the Free Britney movement or the documentary or the racial reckoning our country is going through or the comments around Black Lives Matter, whatever the situation is that calls you forward. If you step forward, I'll take that. And not in a way to give him a, or anyone, a kind of get out of jail free card or to remove him from the responsibility or the consequences of those actions. But I think that a necessary step was identifying, I didn't do what I, sh- what I know I could have done. Mm-hmm. I didn't do nearly enough of what I should have done. Um, and I think that for me, the reason why that was so important and the reason why his apology, while not enough in totality, right, for the, the situation, but certainly the, the necessary first step is that it then sets a precedent. It then sets a, a certain level of what is expected for men in particular when we do wrong in the future, right? So if no man ever apologizes for doing a woman wrongly, then likely men will continue to not apologize for doing mm-hmm. women wrongly wrong. or wrong. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so yeah. it, for me, was a signal that like, you have to do. This is what you mm-hmm. should feel is necessary for not just your career, but your personal growth to showcase how real this is for you. Um, so I think that that, is, that was necessary. I think that the, the next step is also to make considerable efforts at every turn to do the right thing. And I don't say that to say that he isn't or that he hasn't or that he doesn't, but that you include more people who maybe have been hurt or hindered by your benefit. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Um, include mm-hmm, people mm-hmm. to try to make right in that situation. You know, I, I said it, and I even said it to his camp when they did the um, halftime show in Minnesota. I was like, I am waiting for a Janet moment. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of us thought that might happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? And waiting for, and, and so I think we, we even heard, you know, sometime after that or sometime around that, the Janet was like, I haven't been asked, you know, I, I would. Right. Right. Just want to let you know. And that's what's interesting, right, about the times we find ourselves in. We're seeing, you know, shows coming back because people were loud enough on Twitter. We're seeing public apologies happening or acknowledging of issues or past wrongs or slights because the Internet Mm -hmm. is loud enough. And while the Internet has a lot of bad and just so much toxicity, it also does a lot of good because I think, you know, you talk about the fact that you told his camp, like, I'm waiting for a Janet moment. A lot of people were. And that moment didn't come, right. right? That was an opportunity that came and it was an opportunity that was missed. And it makes you wonder what would people do if they weren't held accountable? Right. What opportunities to to correct a wrong uh, would be mm-hmm. let go of and which ones would you take? And because that one wasn't taken, it makes you wonder. Um, and now I'm not talking specifically about Justin, but just in general, what would people just let's lie, just continue to get away with or do 
if they could continue to let it slide or get away with it and do it. And so now obviously that fire under your butt of, Oh, they're watching and they're Mm -hmm. loud. And I better do this the way that it should be done. We know wrong from right. We know, (laughs) we know what we should be doing very often. It doesn't mean we do it. Um, That sort of public accountability can be a good thing. And so Two. Does he need to come back Super Bowl number three? I, Do we need a third halftime show so he know, can bring Miss Jackson out? I wouldn't make I wouldn't or maybe it. it's a maybe it's a conversation with Oprah Winfrey. Mm, you know, ooh. people are talking about what's what's the next conversation? Is Sunday? it Britney Spears? And maybe, maybe it's a panel. You know what I'm saying? Maybe ooh. it's a panel. You know, she'd do it like she'd do it like right Maury. And she's like, Well, that. coming out, we no, I'm just kidding. Next up. But it's, it is, you know, I, I just felt like it was, a, this was a good time to have that conversation as um, one people who work in this industry also appreciate him. We're not just going to be- get on here and bash him, but we're also not going to get up here and just, mm-hmm. and pretend like reality isn't reality. Uh, but I do want to say this quickly before we move on to the last clip. I do think that the fact that he is in a relationship with a woman who seems to be all of the things. Uh, Jessica Biel seems mm-hmm. to be one of those women who I just were. like yeah. is all of the things. And mm-hmm. also being now a father to two sons, I think it is on mm-hmm. him probably a little heavier to be a better example. And so hopefully, you know, our prayer, our hope is that he continues this process of expansion and the growth of his mind and sharing those things with us along the yeah. way. So yeah. in 2019, I got an opportunity to interview him while he was promoting the Fresh Leaves collaboration for Levi's. And so, and during this conversation, we agreed to some things and our conversation went a whole nother level. Uh It was so, it was really interesting, actually. Uh, He opened up quite a bit. He talked about identity. He was talking about what it feels like to be a father and what that, how that shifted in him some things. Uh, He also talked about creativity and his son, which we don't hear a whole, whole lot about. It was a pretty sweet moment. Listen to this. No one's ever just one thing. Right. I think we always type, I think we always like typecast uh, people, especially people who become famous uh, at something as being like, oh, well, I remember that photograph in my mind and we typecast them as that thing. Stay in that lane. Right, a little bit. Um, but what I really love about where we're at right now uh, is I just feel like there's so many young people that are like doing so many things. Mm-hmm. And that's just always how I felt as a young person. So in a, in, a, in a very cool way, I feel like I'm getting inspiration from the younger generation as well, mm-hmm. from myself. And, and um, it's exciting. Yes. It's exciting for me. When you, you talk about the younger generation, I'll be honest with you, I immediately go to your youngest generation at home right now. Oh, and, yeah. And how he might be inspiring you mm-hmm. and how you might be seeing him develop his own kind of sense of who he is. And mm-hmm. I wondered if he's already, if, he, if he's picking his clothes out yet, if he's like, oh, no, I'm not wearing that. Yeah. I don't know more of that. Turn the radio off. Yeah, no, he's, he's, he's pretty specific. Yeah. He's pretty specific and he, he sort of, he, he'll zone in on like two or three pairs of sneakers that he really likes right now. And uh, yeah, he, he's, uh, he's awesome. You can hear him trying to figure out how much am I about to tell, <laughs> tell him? How much am I about to tell Scott about this little boy? Because you know, he's so private about it. So things. private. And uh, like, again, we were supposed to stay talking about 
uh, uh, the fashion. So I brought it back when I said <laughs> you asked the fashion outfit. question. You was talking about sneakers. Does that was he talk about brand, his outfit? Okay. You know, that was in the wheelhouse. So what was what interesting though when we when we ended when we killed tape, uh, he did mm-hmm. then go on to talk about his right. you know his personality and how he is surprising him with how different he is every single day, mm-hmm. um, how much they change, how much young people babies in particular change every single day, and so yeah. it's cool to see. I I always have always loved talking to young fathers as they're going about their business being, a, you know, becoming a dad. Like yeah, becoming, yeah. Um, Cause I think and this is my own little thing. Once you have a baby, you're a father, uh-huh. but you become over time a dad. Mm, right. So yeah, like your yeah. gender, your, technically. Yeah. Science will be your father. Child. Yeah. But a dad is something mm. that like, you mm-hmm. you turn into you develop and it, you can see him in these moments yeah. switch from artist to like crack open as dad and it's a dad, really really right, cool thing right and now they've got the two right silas and little phineas who j- they just had last year so jessica's the queen of the castle running around with her three boys where are they are they in montana wyoming somewhere off the grid that's right? the, that some right an island somewhere some, i will never forget somewhere. standing in the middle of the casamigos halloween party mm-hmm. when in walks i think it was was it a microphone and a disco ball no <laughs> it was a it was a microphone he was a microphone and she was just in timberlake Oh, that's right. When they came into that's the party right. dresses, Jessica right? Their Halloween Justin. costumes and, and bu- right. bumping all that. I was like, what is going <laughs> That is Justin Timberlake in a foolish costume. <laughs> and I do believe his wife is him. And I do believe his wife is nailing it with the frosted tips. Yes, yeah. long live the frosted tips. Too oh, good. Gosh. Too good. Justin Timberlake, man. Well, the Frosted Tips, he's given us many a look over the years. I'm sure many more will, will be coming down the pipeline. He's been a massive star since the 90s at this point. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of The Vault by Access Hollywood. Y'all subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we will see you in the next one. I'm Zuri Hall. I'm Scott Evans. Bye. The Vault by Access Hollywood is hosted by Scott Evans and Zuri Hall, produced by Access Hollywood Digital's Jenny Depper and Rebecca Zamer, and Digital Media Management's Grant Rutter, Audrey Povar, and Ryan Middledorf, and Trey Boudet. Join us next week when we open up that vault again for more iconic celebrity interviews and all things entertainment. Rate, subscribe, and share. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.